0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield, and this is the Christ Community Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. Another fun episode ahead of us as we have our Director of Student Ministries, Brad Huff, in the studio today. We are excited for all that God is doing in the lives of our youth here at Christ Community Church, and we got to see that on display this last Sunday during the service as the youth were involved all over the place. And we got to hear Brad preach, so we'll chat about the sermon, what's going on in the youth group, and a bunch of other good stuff. I think you'll enjoy it, so let's get to it. What Chris Nolan film were you talking about? 1917? No. Dunkirk, oh, Dunkirk. Yes, Dunkirk. Yes, that's, that's a good, good one. one yes. Number two on my list. Hello, everybody! Caught us chatting about our favorite movies, but yes, thank you all for being here. Welcome back, and you know, I don't... <laughs> I don't typically talk about books on the show because I don't want too many people to know uh, how much of a bookworm I am. But if you're looking for an easy summer read, pick up a book called God Has a Name. It's by John Mark Comer. He's a pastor out in Portland. Yes, they have churches in Portland Oregon. And uh, some guys at our church are reading through it, and it's, wow, it's just so good. Uh, like I said, easy summer read really gets right to your heart. Um, so there you go, a book recommendation to start us out for the show today. And speaking of bookworms, I have a fellow bookworm. In the studio today, our youth director, Brad Huff. Brad, how's it going? Hey, going well. Awesome. Going well. Yeah. So I know we have a ton to talk about today, but first, what an exciting time for the Huff household. Baby number one on the way. That's right.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, it is kind of insane. Uh-huh. Really,
1: she could come, we're having a baby girl, she could come yes. pretty much any time. Any time. But we finally, yesterday, we finally got the, the last piece of furniture we were trying to get in the nursery. Which so. was? Um, like a changing table uh, slash dresser. Oh, okay. So we don't want to have to like, change her on the carpet.
0: Okay, I was going to so, say like which a, I've heard is a prayer mat as less, you like, <laughs> yeah. pray for grace to get <laughs> That's through That's why this. we have carpet in the nursery, <laughs> so Yeah. Awesome! That's exciting. So you guys are excited, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're just we're thrilled and terrified. Terrified. That's thrilled. a good. Just can't wait it. to meet her at this point. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's a, it's a surreal experience. So uh, definitely excited yeah. for you guys. Well, enjoy whatever sleep you get now, because yeah, you, you won't sleep again until we're she goes really to college. We're really trying to store up. So, <laughs> oh, so this last Sunday really was awesome. And uh, Youth Sunday at Christ Community Church, aka Next Gen Sunday. Yep. Um. For our listeners that weren't able to be here, tell us what happened, what went on.
1: Yeah, so it's basically just a Sunday, one Sunday a year, where we're really able to celebrate, um, where where our focus is celebrating the, the work that the Lord is doing in, in the hearts and lives of the students. And so... One way we do that is by getting as many students involved in the Sunday services mm-hmm. as possible. So we had students at the tech booth. We had students playing in the band. We had students singing. We had students on the welcome team and helping out in the kids' wing. I mean, it was yeah. all over the place. It was yeah. awesome. Um, and so it was really cool to see those students getting plugged in and the Lord allowing them to like use their gifts uh, in ways that bless the church and for the students themselves to be able to see... The ways that they could be uh, connected. So that was really exciting, um, and then we got to celebrate our seniors, Annie mm-hmm. Trishman and mm-hmm. Libby Barrett, uh, and kind of send them off. Um, we heard uh, just of the a couple different ways that the that the Lord is is. Moving, and then I got to preach, which was uh, fun yeah. to do too. We also had uh we welcomed new communicant members That's right. into the... We had a communicants class. It was a, a full Sunday. It's ago. like it, there so we just many threw things. everything at it. It really was. It, yeah. it really Sunday, was. Sunday, just do it all. And baptism, so, we had baptisms. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Yes. So it was just it's a like really the book cool, of Acts right there. Yes. So many things <laughs> celebrating the work of the Lord. So yeah. it was just it was a. A Sunday full of celebration and, and praise for the Lord, and it, so it was It was
0: really fun. Yeah, it was fun, and it was your first Youth Sunday, because yes. obviously this
1: is your first year as the Indeed, student, yes, uh, which is why it was called Youth Sunday, not Next Gen Sunday. I didn't really yes. realize that it has been called Next Gen Sunday, it's been so called it might switch back uh, <laughs> next year, depending on, you know, the polls and... The, well, Next the Gen sounds very
0: so circa back. 2005, like that was very that's hip fair. back in 2005. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know that it's hip now, yeah. so... I don't know what the kids would call it these days. What the youths, the youths, the youths. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was it was awesome. Um, And I know the youth serve in lots of capacities all Mm. the time, uh, but it was especially fun to see them just kind of take over things for a day. Yeah. What a testimony to God's covenant faithfulness. Yeah. Amen. All right. So you preached from Joshua, and uh, what an awesome passage. And I love Mm. it uh, because it brings to it brings together so many themes from all of the Bible, all, all redemptive history. I mean, you've got the covenant of grace, you've got family, you've got outward witness to a watching world. So just tell us about the sermon. Give us a little recap.
1: Yeah, so I I preach from Joshua chapter 4, which is where the people of Israel cross the Jordan. So God stops the waters of the Jordan um, to allow the people to cross into the promised land, which Mm -hmm. has been sort of this longing that the people have had. They were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years um, after disobeying the Lord, and so finally they're entering the promised land and what god tells them to do is take um 12 stones one for each tribe mm-hmm. out of the midst of the jordan mm-hmm. um and then set them up as this monument and sort of the thrust of the passage is when your kids ask they see this m- monument and they ask what what was <laughs> what is this for why do we have just a bunch of stones piled up here um the parents were to tell them about the things that the, that god had done mm-hmm. um and at the end of chapter 4 it says you know so that the then all nations might see the mighty hand of the Lord and um, that you as a people may fear the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, we looked at that passage and just talked about how, you know, where God has designed his people to tell the stories Mm -hmm. of who he is and what he's done. And the main two things that we see from that passage that result is that telling the stories, that the process itself of telling those stories shape the hearts of God's people. Mm -hmm. That's what we see in the, the idea, especially of fearing the Lord, that's a, a posture of God's people recognizing who He is and mm. who He has created them to be. Um, and then telling these stories also captures the attention of the world. Mm-hmm. So when the world gets to see um, who God is and what He has done, they recognize this is mm. th- this is a, a God worthy of of worship, distinct from the gods of the world. Mm. Um so yeah and, and that is instructive for us as a people to to tell these stories and to um yeah to witness to the rest of the world who God is and and what he's done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really was it was a great sermon and um w- one of the neat things that, that kind of stood out to me and really as you were talking is kind of jumped in my in my mind um but about you know Joshua set up these stones and they were mm. specifically instructed beforehand in the law that they weren't allowed to gr- to carve anything into these stones. Yeah. There, there's no graven image, as yep. it were. Right. Uh, which is distinct from the nations that were around them. They would have... Uh, nations around them would have set up stones that had a whole bunch of stuff, maybe a right. face or a bird or a tree or w- w- whatever. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but but for Israel, they were, it was a distinct image, or a distinct uh, pillar, rather, and it wasn't an image. It had nothing written in it. Even right. when, when Moses erected the stones um, uh, back in... Uh, Oof, Deuter- uh, I- I'm drawing a blank. It was Exodus somewhere. um. Uh, e- and he wrote on he wrote on the stones, but it, as far as we can tell in uh, in archaeology, he actually wrote in plaster that washed away, like they were very religious yeah. about not uh carving anything into these stones uh so that they kept the, obviously the Ten Commandments and you know, not having any graven image right yeah and uh and it's interesting you said that because you you brought up the nations that were watching around uh Israel, they had heard these stories, and it would have been a temptation to kind of Carve in the stories of their people, but instead, God wanted them to pass on these stories verbally. Yeah, yeah, because, like you said, stories do shape us and it shaped the culture around them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and yeah, the monument itself was meant to point back to mm-hmm. what God had done. The monument itself wasn't ultimately the focus, you know. Obviously, they weren't meant to worship or you know, anything like right. that. Yeah, um, and yeah, the ultimately, as the people were shaped by the telling of the story, the the rest of the nations could see the monument, but more um, more importantly, they should be able to see the lives of the covenant people, right. of God's people, and that, in the same way as the monument was meant to be uh, a way to help the Israelites, God's people, to remember that the lives of the Israelites were meant to mm-hmm. mark them out as different from the rest of the world, to make the the world take notice mm-hmm. of not just the people but the god of that people the the fact that the israelites were different from the world wasn't ultimately a testament to the people it was right, a it testament wasn't. to the god yeah. that had chosen them
0: yeah and, and one one point in the sermon that i <clears throat> excuse me liked in particular was how you applied uh the stones that joshua set up to us today and mm. you kind of mentioned it just a second ago but we we don't necessarily build stone pillars now right. <laughs> although yeah not really uh, i was thinking about that and we we you could probably build a case for, you know, the way we have uh physical church buildings as a testimony to what God is doing and building mm. his church. But I, I don't know. I mean that's a different a different topic. But <laughs> but one thing that you mentioned was how we live as families, mm. as Christian families, uh is a way of telling our kids, but then also a watching society just how much God has done for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh the fact that God's people are meant to live in a way that reflects His character means that, that that it's going to be distinguished from the world. Not, not to say that only Christian families are able to show kindness or anything right. like yeah. that at all. Um, by God's grace, you know, and the, the image of, of our Creator mm-hmm. that's stamped into every one of us, we're able to do these kinds of things. But God's people as distinctively separate from the world um, in ways that... That mark us out mm-hmm. as like the, the the God that we follow is different mm-hmm. from from the gods that other even if they wouldn't call them gods the you know sure. the other gods that the world follows um, and it should be things like yeah this the the way that this family is communicating with each other mm-hmm. or even the 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 ways that they're showing kindness to their neighbors mm-hmm. this is there's something about this that is different that's not to say that. And I include myself in this. That's not to say that, you know, Christian families always do this mm-hmm. really well, and there are some ways that but we even, fail, you know? But
0: even forgiving one another, the when we yeah, do fail, is right. a huge testimony, yeah. right? Because, oh my goodness, yes. Because, you know, in the world, uh, and we say the world, but I think most of our listeners know what we mean by that, just whatever... Well, sure. <laughs> anyway, um, but to a watching world, when we forgive one another, yes, you hurt me, okay, I forgive you. Wow!
1: That's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, the restoration of that relationship. Yeah. And, a, a, a direct reflection of our own reconciliation right. with our God.
0: Right. You know? And I know a lot of people sometimes kind of leave this to the realm of just our outward appearance, mm. and, and I'm not going to step on any toes here about standards that people have of living um, as far as, um, you know, like what they wear or where they go and things like that. But, mm. um, you know, I think it's it's much deeper than that because... Anyone can replicate a dress code or yeah, oh uh, yeah. avoid a place, whatever. But it takes the work of the Spirit to produce the fruit of the Spirit. And to yeah. me, that's kind of where this dwells. These, mm. this pillar, these pillars of the world watch, watches um, is the work of the Spirit in our lives. We can't manufacture that, right? Yeah. Well, the other, this happened kind of to us the other day, and um, we were in a restaurant. And uh, we have this little family prayer that we say before meals, you know, at home. Uh, that we're teaching the kids, and they've learned it, and it's it's fun, and it's uh, it's been neat to see them learn how to pray uh, through this, and so we we carry that over into when we're eating out at restaurants, for what it's worth. And you know, you kind of as a dad, I'm kind of getting that pit in my stomach, like, like oh great, here comes <laughs> here comes this family, you know, they're over there having this holy moment, and everyone's watching, and it's you know, but that's fine because that's what we've committed to, and that's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were at this restaurant the other day, and it's a short prayer that we all say together. And it's loud, and the kids are loud, and it's yeah. like, okay, this that's all right. This is this is what we want, you know, how we think we should teach our kids. Yeah. Anyway, so we were praying, and uh, we finished, and this lady walked by, and she was uh, just like, interrupt us. She's like, I just want to tell you how. How awesome that was! It just warmed my heart to see people raising their kids this way. Mm. Uh, you know, learning how to pray and everything. And we were kind of we were kind of stunned because we're like, oh, I, oh, someone was watching. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but then we're like, oh yeah, someone was watching. So, yeah. and this was just one person that happened to say something, and we're sure that um, that others see it <laughs> when we're out and probably the, the restaurant we were at we frequent. It's a Friday tradition for lunch. We go there every Friday, so I'm sure probably the restaurant owners and everything. Yeah, see it as well, but anyway, I share all that just to say um these this is a testimony to what to to a watching world they don 't have this they don 't um uh they don 't have this uh prayer life they don 't have um a faith system per se uh and they 're watching and they're curious and they notice yeah yeah that is really true
1: and I think there are ways in which the in which the world does notice sometimes, and the response is that the the way things are done it, within the people of God are not they, they would disagree with that. It doesn't sure. always, you know. The it, it would be it's important to know like that we don't measure, you know, like is this valuable or is this good as the mm-hmm. people of God based on the reactions sure. of the right, world, exactly? Um, because the one of the things that we talked about a little bit was how God as our creator is the one who who knit us together in our mother's wombs, who mm-hmm. designed his image bearers, who designed the covenant people, both knows what is best for us, but always also has the right to tell us what mm. is best for us, even when in our own hearts we're like, I want to... I want to push against that. That Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right or Mm -hmm. that is a little too demanding on my life, and I don't like that, either Mm -hmm. as a family or as an individual or whatever the context we're in. And so it's really, I think, it can be easy to talk about, like, yeah, living as the people of God and making it sound like... So it's really easy, you know? Like, just, like, (laughs) do all these things, you know? And I think that can be, unintentionally, can become a really dangerous, like, yeah, just, like... Check these things off this list, right. and as long as you're doing all these Christian things, like that is how mm-hmm. we know that we're the people of God. When again, it's that heart heart yeah. posture of fearing the Lord and, um, yeah, recognizing that yeah, that's part of what it means to be the people of God. And I say that as someone who is, you know, woefully inadequate mm-hmm. and 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 and. Is As we all are required yeah, to rely are. on the Lord and the work of His Holy Spirit in our hearts to actually produce that fruit, you know, that mm-hmm. is more than just a a check on a
0: checklist. So. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. And the interesting thing, or the, or the tough thing, is that these are the very things that end up, or people end up going to prison for, getting persecuted for, not just back in the day, like during the, in mm. the Bible times, but even today. Like, if you were, mm. um, you know, saying a prayer that ended in Jesus' name... Uh, in many places, many parts of the world today, you would be in prison. You would, and you may never see your family again, right? So, um, you know, it kind of, we, like you said, we talk about it and it sounds rosy and peachy (laughs) and just, oh, it's wonderful. And in reality it is, but in practicality or when the rubber meets the road, whatever, it can get very hard and it can end up uh, uh, costing you a lot, you know, and right now it doesn't, uh, you know, in in our country, um, it doesn't cost us much except for maybe... Um, I don't know arguments or a bruised ego or something sure, like yeah. that. You know, yeah. Um, but in some places, this is what end people end up in prison for. Hmm. And and my prayer is that my family will um, see these things as uh, um, non-negotiables by the work of the Spirit. That hmm. um, these are things that we do not because it gets us right before God, but because He's done so much for us. This is what He's commanded us to do. And we're gonna follow him no matter what the cost. And that might mean prison, but this is what covenant faithfulness is. So yeah. I know that's a lot for a five year old to take in <laughs> <laughs> at a Chinese restaurant that we're eating sure. on a Friday. But <laughs> yeah. um, but that's my prayer that that um these are the stones that God builds into our family, like yeah. Joshua.
1: Right. And it's a it's a by God's grace, a slow and steady mm-hmm. process. You know, it's not like a, here's the conversation we had. Yeah. The talk about, you know, what it looks like to pray you know yeah. but like that's a steady constant yep. flow of um yeah of what it looks like to be God's covenant people
0: yeah and and even like failing forward too like it's not like we any of us has it down perfect right mm. i mean oh, yeah. we're all going to mess up but that's part of the system that God has in place he's yeah. like i know you're going to mess up right oh here's jesus because yep. because you're not going to be perfect yeah Awesome. Well, Amen. thanks again for preaching. It was a, it was a very yeah, encouraging sermon. Yeah, I'm to have been able to do that. Yeah, looking forward to the next time you get up there. Thank you. We want to spend some time meditating on God's Word. Over and over again throughout Scripture, we find the need to hide God's Word in our hearts, and meditate on it day and night, and use it as the foundation for our lives. So that means we need to be saturated with it. Brad, what passage are we going to spend time in today? Well, Dave, let's
1: hear what the Apostle Paul said about living in this community we call family. Here's what he said from Ephesians 5 and 6. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to
0: God. Brad, anything in particular stand out to you today from that text?
1: Well, even just the way it kind of connects to what we were talking about a little earlier, that, mm. that these distinguishing marks of husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and kids are what capture the attention of the world. Um, I think that Especially these days, the uh, especially that first part in in chapter five, verse twenty two, wives submitting um, mm-hmm. to their husbands, can capture the attention of the world in not always a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we think of these things not as um a like levels of worthiness, mm-hmm. but as r- specific roles mm-hmm. within the family that God has given—wives, husbands, kids, mothers, mm-hmm. fathers—we um, can see that. That in the way that God has designed the family, it allows them to flourish. And that mm. in 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 that way helps to distinguish um, them from the rest of the world. So it in God's creativity, in his in his vast creativity, infinite creativity, and sovereignty, he has allowed these things to work together, both that this is part of what shapes the people of God, people who are married and have kids specifically, um, that these um, roles that He has given us are part of what helps shape our hearts um, into a people that that reflect His character, and at the same time also capture the attention of the world, mm-hmm. um, that God has designed it so that those two ultimately happen from the same thing, which is obeying the command of the Lord for His people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is just something cool. that stands out immediately.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And I think I agree with that. And I think it's interesting if you follow these this role thing out. The the point of this passage is for flourishing, the success right. of each role. Yeah. It's exactly. not for uh status or for service or something like that. It's it's so that each person is flourishing in this relationship. The children, I mean the commandment with a promise, right? There's a promise, right? right? Yeah. So that it's the goal here is that God wants us to succeed and flourish in this life that he's called us to.
1: Right, and it, it's interesting too that, especially in the the culture to which this was written, men were the only people that had any kind of status. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the context of the family, so mm-hmm. wives and children were serving this mm-hmm. the the head of the household, and so this was especially in that culture. This was markedly different mm-hmm. the the way that Christian households were run mm-hmm. was. So vastly different from how households are run in the rest of the world that um, the fact that wives would even be written to or that mm-hmm. husbands would be told mm-hmm. specifically this is a way that you are to treat your wife you are to treat her with love and you are to sacrifice yourself for her as as Christ would for the church mm-hmm. you know to connect it to that kind of um, that kind of relationship and even that that fathers would also be told to not act in a specific way towards their children to actually mm-hmm. care about have it have to think about is the way I'm acting towards my child going to provoke them to anger that mm-hmm. is a responsibility of the father that was that was a foreign idea you know in that right. culture and so um yeah th- that it, it was designed by god to help distinguish I mean like we said before it, it both distinguishes it from the world which captures the the attention of the world mm-hmm. but also like you were saying leads to flourishing for mm-hmm. that family which is how God designed it that's yeah. what he wants for us
0: yeah which affects the world it, affa- exactly. it affects the world it gives them hope it offers them uh hope in Jesus right yeah. and that's the point yeah awesome amen mm-hmm. As we close, we want to pray for you, pray for our church, pray for our families, pray for the world around us. We believe that prayer connects us to the heart of God and that it's vital to spend time talking with Him, casting our burdens on Him, telling Him thanks for all that He is for us, and bending His ear, asking Him to work in our lives. Brad, why don't you go first, and then I'll close this.
1: Sounds good. Let's pray. God, we praise You and thank You for being a God that is so infinitely creative and sovereign that you have designed your commands to allow us to flourish. Um, and so we pray, God, that we would be shaped by uh, the commands that you give us, that we would be a people that fear you, um, and that that um, our willingness to, to follow you, to tell the stories of who you are and what you've done, um, would both shape us and be attractive to the rest of the world, that they would see the way your people interact with each other, love each other, love the world, and that they would be pointed to not us, but you. Um, Yeah, we pray these things in your name, Jesus.
0: Amen. And Father, we just give you praise for your work of grace um, in our families. We thank you that this is all of your grace, Lord. Um, None of us can take credit for uh, keeping a family together or keeping kids on track or any any of these things that we think is uh, an ideal family. It's all of your grace, and so we just give you praise for your faithfulness to your words in Scripture in our lives. We thank you that you're building your church, and that nothing can prevail against it, and that you use this uh, little entity called a family uh, in mighty ways. And so we pray over all the families of our church, asking for more and more of your grace in their lives. We ask that you would protect each family from the wicked one, that no influence of Satan would have any hold in our families' lives. And, Lord, we pray that you would, by your Spirit, um, make your covenant promises true for each kid in our church, that they would uh, take a hold of Jesus by faith in their own lives and so continue this generational work that you're doing. And so we pray for your protection, we pray for your grace, and we pray for your work by your Spirit you know, in the lives of our families. And we thank you that you've done it for centuries since you've promised it, and we trust you that you'll do it until you come again. And we ask all these things in the great name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at Christscommunitycarmel.org. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we'd love to have you visit us on a Sunday morning. And of course, join us again next time for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless.